From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Daniel Sellerson. D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra. Yeah. And the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Daniel Salerson. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson, filling in for Sean Kelly, who has the day off in the desert as the Pelicans look to snap their five-game losing streak tomorrow night against the Phoenix Suns. Unfortunately, the Pelicans not only lost a game last night to the Mavericks 108-89, to but they lost Anthony Davis in the second quarter with a left shoulder injury. Head coach Monty Williams didn't know how long Davis would be out, but we hope he is back for the Suns game tomorrow night. Maybe Jim Eichenhofer can give us an update as he is slated to join the show later on in the program. The Pelicans were up 37-36 when AD got hurt and were outscored 72-52. After that, they lose by 19. Eric Gordon led the way for the Pelicans with 19 points on 7 of 11 shooting. Off the bench, it was Alexia Jinsa with 14 points on 6 of 10 shooting. What killed the Pelicans last night was free throws and turnovers. The Pelicans shot just 8 of 19 from the charity stripe, including 6 of 15 from the guards, and they turned the ball over a season-high 21 times, and the Mavericks scored 30 points off those turnovers. Monte Ellis led the way for Dallas with 23 points, and Vince Carter had 17 points off the bench. The team shot 52% from the field and 10 of 22 from beyond the arc. This Mardi Gras road trip does not get any easier for the Pelicans as they take on the Phoenix Suns Friday night on ESPN. And, of course, you can hear it on 105.3 WWL-FM starting at 9.30. And then they round out the road trip against the Clippers, the Kings, and the Lakers. Coming up on today's show, we'll hear from head coach Monty Williams and Brian Roberts following the loss last night. Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer will join me from Phoenix. And we will hear what New Orleans native and former LSU Tiger Anthony Johnson had to say at the Combine last week. So up next, post-game reaction from last night's game on the Black and Blue Report. New Orleans Pelicans season ticket holders are with the team at the perfect time. Our season ticket holders continue to enjoy benefits that include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions and merchandise, access to the Zataran season ticket holder pregame party, and much more. You'll want to be with us as we take this team to the next level. Plus, most season ticket holders renewing their seats by March 31st will lock in their current ticket pricing. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to renew your seats today. I pledge. I pledge. I pledge. App Legions. App Legions to NBA Game Time. The official app of the association. One app. 30 teams. With video. And live scoring. And stats. And custom alerts. And up to the second NBA. For all. For all. For all. Pledge your App Legions. Download the official NBA Game Time app on your phone or tablet's app store right now. Take the pledge. With NBA Game Time. The official app of the NBA. This is Pelicans guard Brian Roberts, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, as I mentioned last segment, the Pelicans fell to the Mavericks last night 108-89, to and after the game, Sean Kelly and the assembled media caught up with head coach Monty Williams. I'm sure there's a lot more to it, but missed free throws, turnovers, does that, does that really put you in a bad spot there? Turnovers killed us, man. We 
you look at the stat sheet, we shot 50% from the field, 45 from three. Uh, got more free throw attempts, and um, we just gave up 21 possessions for 30 points. Um, you can't do that against any team, and uh, it's almost like the same story from the last game. Uh, turned the ball over, they scored, and we let our spirit down, get down a little bit, or a lot, and uh, just weren't able to dig out of the hole. When you look at that, it, when you watch that uh, unfold, is it is it careless? Is it mental mistakes? Why do you think it's these last two games that's all of a sudden done this to you? Oh gosh, um, well, one we're playing. We played against two really good teams. Uh, careless and guys are trying, uh, trying to make plays, but sometimes they're trying to make plays that just aren't there. Um, you know, Eric had five turnovers. He, he's not a high turnover guy, um, so I. I if I had to make an assessment, I would just say it was guys trying to make plays that just weren't there tonight. What can you tell us about Anthony and that shoulder? Don't don't know much right now. He he's uh, talking to doctors. Um, we'll find out more tomorrow when he has more testing done. Did you see it happen? I didn't even see no, where it happened. I didn't see it. Um, surprised me. Um, I'm thinking Dirk's going to be out when he goes out with a shoulder injury, and then <laughs> a few plays later, AD gets hit, and he's. He's out, dirt comes back, so it uh, just hasn't gone our way. We just got to you know, keep fighting through this tough time. Does it, uh, yeah, this seems so obvious, but the, the change in the rotation going into the second half without him, I, I think when you tried Tyreek to start the yeah. second half there. Well, it throws, you, throws your rotation off a bit, but that um, certainly wasn't the reason uh, for the turnovers in the second half. Um, but it was a bit different not having AD in the second half. We didn't have that anchor down on the block and in pick and roll tonight. But we had some guys step up and play better. Um, Alexi was good. Brian was good. Eric was, was decent. He just had five turnovers. Have you seen a player have a, the kind of slump that Tyreek is going through right now <laughs> since the All-Star game? Uh, yeah, I have. I mean, you, and you have too. I mean, you've been around the league a long time. It, guys go through it. Um, the only way you're going to get out of it is you, you've got to stay positive and you got to work at it. And um, that's my message to him. Uh, the one thing I see with a young team is that when things don't go well, uh, they're looking for answers. Uh, and, and that's where um, in the past we've rallied around each other. And um, we got to get back to that. When a guy's a penetrator and he's yeah. missing all of these inside of five yeah. feet, does it worry you? Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a concern because that's what he does well. Um, and I don't want to take that away from his game. You know, teams are packing the paint on him. We're trying to put shooters around him. But a lot of times, he's at the rim. He's got a point-blank look. Um, the only way he's going to get over this is to keep going, keep going strong, and not think about his past. He's got to have a short memory, which is hard to do when you've had a number of tough games as he's had. Before the game, you talked about when you start doing different things with your rotation to, yeah. to look at players, would a, an extended injury by Anthony Davis, for Anthony Davis, accelerate that timetable on that? Absolutely, it would, but we don't know that yet, so we gotta, we'll make that assessment if we need to. How do you keep Anthony positive? I mean, obviously, when he plays, he's fantastic. Yeah. He just keeps, have, something keeps happening to him health-wise. How do you get him to kind of help it's him It's just that? part of the league. You know, you've been around a long time. You're going to have, when you play as hard as AD, and these guys who go after it every single night, they're going to have bumps and bruises. Uh, we don't know 
uh, what's wrong with him yet. It could be nothing. It could be a day-to-day -day thing. Um, we got to let the doctors do their deal. But um, he plays at such a high level, and he takes a beating. Uh, when he goes to the basket, he's bound to have some bumps and bruises. Did they call it anything, a sprain, a bruise, anything like that? I mean, Nothing I was hearing. I was focused on the game. Brian Roberts had 17 points last night in the loss, and John DeShazer caught up with him in the Pelicans' locker room following the loss. Defensively in the first quarter, you guys held him to 20, but obviously it got progressively worse. Not having AD doesn't help. Uh, how much does that hurt to not have him? Um, I mean, he's obviously, you know, our best player, and, uh, you know, when he went out, it was, it was tough for us, but... Um, <clears throat> I don't think that was the, the problem. I think the turnovers. I think um, we just had too many, and they scored off of them. And um, I think it was 30 points off turnovers. And uh, We shot the ball well. We, we out-rebounded them. Pelicans.com and, uh, you know, and NewOrleansSaints.com. But, but your first was, uh, stop was when following your team. You guys haven't been teams. a team that's turned the ball over a lot this season. Was it something specifically they were doing defensively? No, I think um, not really. I think, you know, some, some of it is on us just kind of being careless here and there. And, um, they like to reach and, you know, uh, play physical. So, um, you know, those two things mixed and, um, you know, being on the road, you can't do that. Now moving on to Phoenix, another team that, you know, plays pretty good defense and certainly they're at home, a surprise team. You know, what's going to happen? What are you guys expecting out of that game? Well, first and foremost, we can't turn the ball over. Um, I think uh, that kind of fuels not only Dallas but also Phoenix's, uh, you know, fast break. So I just take care of the ball and, uh, you know, execute our stuff offensively. When we come back, our Pelicans talk continues with Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Every year, people whose statistics say would die from a serious health problem come to Auctioner and live. To us, nothing proves quality more than saving a life no one else could. In fact, on average, statistics say patients who come here are more likely to survive than at other hospitals in the state. Incredible outcomes aren't just happening at one hospital either. Seven of the top hospitals in the state for survival rates are Auctioner. We're also Louisiana's only hospital ranked by U.S. News & World Report in eight different specialties and number one in the country by care checks for liver transplant. It's no wonder people from all over the world come here. A higher quality of care, one more reason to choose Auctioner. And with hospitals and health centers all over the region, connecting is as easy as finding the Auctioner name. Learn more about why quality matters at auctionerquality.org. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Well, our next guest is the brilliant writer from Pelicans.com, Jim Eichenhofer, is joining us from the Valley of the Sun. Jim, thanks for joining me, and uh, how's everything going in Phoenix this morning? Um, it's going pretty well. I mean, brilliant might be a little bit much to live up to, but uh, <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do my best. Thanks for the uh, compliment. No problem. Jim, uh, last night, unfortunately, the Pelicans lost to the Mavericks 108-89. Uh, to The Pelicans shot 51% from the field but turned the ball over 21 times and went 8 of 19 from the line. Were those the two main factors in the loss last night, in your opinion? Yeah, I would say so. I think the players were pretty across the board, shared the opinion that the turnovers were the biggest killer. I mean, it doesn't help when you miss that many free throws either, obviously, but um, at least on free throws, it doesn't usually ignite the other team's fast break, and I think that was the problem with the turnovers last night, was that a lot of them just led to um, to runouts by the Mavericks, and 
once they started getting a stream of easy baskets, it seemed like the lead went from, you know, 9 or 10 to 21, 22 in a, in a blink. So I think that was the, that was really the, 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 the problem last night. It seemed like the Pelicans did a good job of continuing to hang around. Every time the Mavericks made a run, the Pelicans would kind of reel them back in. But then during that one stretch of the beat in the fourth quarter, it, it was just, you know, impossible to, to recover from that. Uh, also, Anthony Davis left the game in the second quarter. The Pelicans were up 37-36 to at that point. We're outscored after that 72-52. to Obviously, the team needed Anthony Davis. Any update on Anthony? I know he's getting evaluated today, but I know if there's anything new uh, from last night on the, the injury to Anthony. No, there hasn't been any any new updates. Um, they said that he, he the initial diagnosis or ruling, I guess, was that he had a, a sprain of his left shoulder. So hopefully... That's all it is, and hopefully we'll hear some good news later today. But um, you know, right now, just waiting to hear an update on on what his status is. If Davis was ruled out for tomorrow night's game against Phoenix, yesterday Monty went small in the lineup with Davis's absence. They had Tyreek at the three, move Alfred Camino to the four. Do you see that being the same lineup tomorrow as we saw last night? If Davis is out, I think he could. But I also noticed that it it didn't take him long to kind of sub out from that that group so I actually think it, you know just throwing things against the wall it's possible the way Luke Babbitt has been playing I think he's done a really good job in the nine games that he's been with the team that maybe we'll see him more um it's possible that you know maybe we maybe they could start him I know um obviously Monty's had to improvise a million times this year because of things that have unexpectedly happened injury wise but um I was a little bit surprised because I know like from day one his plan has been have Tyreek come off the bench so I was a little bit surprised that he decided to start him but um you know there's not really a lot of options right now with how, how many guys are out of the mix but um if if I had to guess I would say maybe we'll see a little bit more of Luke Babbitt if, if Anthony is out for this next game. Now you've been covering this team for a while I'm not calling you old just saying that you've been covering this team <laughs> for a while have you seen a team with more injuries than this one has had this season? I don't I don't recall having more injuries, maybe more key injuries. But um, I think a lot of people this season that have followed the team for a while have noted that the 06-07 team had a ton of injuries. And, um, you know, some of those guys were real key guys. Um, but then, the obviously, the 07-08 season was the best season in franchise history. So, you know, people are hoping that that repeats itself. Also, I know I remember the 08-09 team had – enough injuries that at, at a couple times during that season they only had eight guys that were active for for games so you you're looking at you know you only have three guys that you can bring off the bench for a few few games during that season so um I'm not sure if any if, if I recall any team that's had more major injuries with basically three of the top six um leading scorers on the team are all out but um there have been some cases where you know numbers wise that have actually been worse than right now, if you can believe that. Yeah, let's go to some positive news right now. We're talking with uh, Jim Eichenhofer, Pelicans.com writer. Alexia Jensen now two straight games with 14 or more points. He had 14 uh, against Dallas and 19 a career high against the Clippers. Both those games, though, he was coming off the bench. He was starting starting regularly until uh, Monty made the switch. Greg Steensma has been getting the starts. Do you think he's feeling more comfortable coming off the bench? What's the reason behind his success in the last few games? I think it could be. I think some of it, too, is that he's just gotten more experience. He's As the season has gone on, he's gotten more and more playing time. 
and I think that's helped. Um, Monty actually did mention specifically before the game last night that he, from watching Alexi recently, he thinks maybe he is a little bit more comfortable coming off the bench. Um, I think one obvious thing is if you're coming off the bench instead of starting, you're going up against you know other teams' backups instead of maybe their 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 uh, main starting center. So that helps a little bit. But I also think that there's there's just less pressure on you. You know, you can kind of observe the first part of the game and and come in, and you don't have maybe as much as much weight on you to immediately produce like you would when when you're a starter. Now it doesn't get any easier tomorrow night as Pelicans take on the Suns, who are holding on to the eighth and final playoff spot in the West. Jim, what are some of the keys for the Pelicans tomorrow night if they want to get their first win on this road trip? I think from watching the first couple games real early in the season against the Suns, it sounds simple, but I think one of the biggest things against them is you, you have to play really hard and you have to not get out-hustled by them. They The thing that I've been the most impressed about by the Suns this year is that it seems like they play harder than everybody they play against. And I know people have been trying to figure out all season how is this team 10 games over 500 or so when going into the season, realistically, a lot of people thought they might be the worst team in the league. But I think that Jeff Hornacek has done an amazing job. Their players have all kind of, you know, taken on the roles that they don't try to do too much. They know exactly what their strengths are. But um, also it just seems like they, they just play really, really hard. So I think one thing I'm going to be watching tomorrow night is who gets the loose balls who comes up with long rebounds, plays like that, um, I think are going to be key for the Pelicans. They they absolutely cannot get you know outworked and outhustled by the Suns, or it, it could be a similar result of the previous two uh, times that they played them earlier this year. Yeah, hopefully it's not. Hopefully they get their first win on the Mardi Gras road trip. That's Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. Don't forget to log on to Pelicans.com and check out his articles. He also has a shoot-around and post-game article that goes up before and after each game, plus he tweets a lot, and you can follow him at Jim underscore Eichenhofer. Jim, thanks for the time and enjoy your day off in Phoenix. Thanks a lot, Daniel. Thanks for having me. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to football and hear from the freak. No, not Jim Eichenhofer again. Former LSU Tiger Anthony Johnson's combine interview is yours next on the Black and Blue Report. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. Well, the combine is over, but there are still a lot of people talking about the results and how players did last weekend. Anthony Johnson, a.k.a. The Freak from LSU, participated in the combine last weekend. 
and the O'Perry Walker kid also caught up with John DeShazer and the rest of the media in Indy. I live in St. Louis. What's uh, your relationship like with Rockers? That's my big brother. Man, he's he's actually the reason why I won the number 90. Uh, you know, I, I, my freshman year I wore 56, and Rockers had a great season his last year at LSU and was a top 15 pick, man. And uh, I walked up to my coach, man. And I asked Brock, can I do it? And uh, himself and uh, Ricky G. Francois were also with number nine. He egged me on to get the number, so uh, I was Anthony, how much did your shoulder bother you this year? I know you, you banged it up in the first game. It did, was it nagging all year for you? It wasn't you? my shoulder. It was actually my elbow. Mm -hmm. uh, as you can know, I, I wore protective brace on my elbow. And uh, my shoulder's fine. Everything's fine. But, uh, you know, it's a part of the game. I'm a defensive tackle. Those things happen. Did that prevent you from being all you could be? Or? Not at all, man. I never quit. You know, and uh, I, I really believe it was a motivation to all my teammates. You know, we had a young defense this year and a young team, and I think that that helped everybody, you know, progress. Is there one aspect of your game that you want to improve uh, before you uh, get to draft day and to, uh, to the uh, NFL? Just, just work on more of my technique, you know, hand plays. We're trying to use my hands a little bit more, and I work on pad up. Those are, you know, some little things. What's the most satisfying thing for you to do on the the quarterback. Anthony, did you feel pretty good about your your progress and your production at LSU? Or do you feel like there's a little bit too much emphasis put on the the numbers? Uh, I think it's a little bit too much emphasis put on the numbers. Uh, you know, when you look at LSU, you uh, yeah, have great players that came out. Tyson Jackson, the Glenn Dorses, and, uh, you know, a lot of those guys had great numbers. But when you look at talent that's doing good in the NFL now, like Ricky Jean Francois, you got a guy named Jake Nevis who's going to build up into a good starter. A lot of those guys didn't have the numbers that people thought they would have as well, but they worked hard and they became great players. Last time I talked to Tyson Jackson, actually, was my sophomore year, man. Tyson's rarely around, but uh, he always told me to just keep fighting, man. That'd be good. What part of your skill set makes you feel like you could be a three four? My quickness and my speed, man. Uh, I really think I can run sideline to sideline, and uh, a lot of people have seen that on film about me. And, uh, you know, I, I never give up, man. That's one of the things. You met with the Chiefs yet? Uh, not at all. Honestly, I met with my mom and met with Coach Miles, and I felt like uh, I did enough I could, all I could do at LSU, man. And uh, yeah, appreciated everything I did for him, and I was thankful for that opportunity to play. How hard was that decision? It was pretty hard, you know. Uh, I, I didn't want to be hypocritical. I have a daughter, you know what I mean? And uh, have, having a college degree is a big thing, you know. And uh, I, just, I, I thought about it every day, but at the end of the day, I wanted to put my family and myself in the best uh, position as well. Seeing yourself at the next level, what do you think is your best attribute to play in? Uh, honestly, my best attributes are my hustle, uh, my, my, my initial step off the ball, and my quickness. And uh, I'm, I'm a pretty strong guy as well. Some of your uh, current four teammates have played the next level. Any advice that stands out? Yeah, man. Uh, I talked to a lot of guys, uh, Russell Shepard, Benny Logan, uh, Michael Brockers, all those guys just tell me to be myself, man. And don't, don't try to overdo anything. You know, Just be calm and just go through this process as well. In the process, what do you think you have to show the NFL scouts? Maybe they don't know about you. 
Uh, personality, man. You know, just 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 that big old smile. You know what I mean? They know I can play football. I'm gonna go out there and just enjoy myself and have fun. We were giving you with the Under Armour game. It seems like uh, you know two days ago. Did the LSU career go back now? It flew by. You know, when you look at it now, you got guys like Jarvis Landry, Marquise Lee. You look at up Lyle Collins. There, you know, who commit, who stayed back. But uh, you know, Jadavion Clown. You know, coming out me and him were number one and number two in the class, man. And just to see a lot of these guys that I played high school ball with, it's a blessing. Are yeah. you prepared to do everything here? You're going to wait for pro day and yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing everything here. Anthony, do you have any kind of friendly competition going with Ego over who gets picked first? Not at all, man. He's a, he's my he, he's my roommate. You know, this past season at LSU. Now, Ego Ferguson is a great football player. Two totally different type players. He's more scouting the run game. Big old guy. He can play a nose nose tackle as well as I can. But you know, that's what he does well. Man, he's a dominant run force. You have some kind of side bet, though, uh, of all. who goes first? Not at all. <laughs> Last question. What makes you become a shot? It's huge. When you look at guys who, do, who are getting a lot of those endorsements, Iowa the RG3s, when you look at them, they're always smiling in the camera, having fun, and always doing something with kids, man. Just doing something, though. And that's, that's big. That's huge, you know, because you never know how, how many lives you can change by just being a genius person. What, what made you become a chef? Honestly, uh, in high school, my mom told me I, I had to learn how to cook because if I got a wife that didn't know how to cook, I was going to starve to death. So uh, what I did was we had a dual enrollment program at Louisiana Technical College, and I, I did two years of cutting and rolls, and I obtained my uh, degree in that uh, program. What are you good? Anthony and the rest of the LSU players entering the draft will participate in LSU's Pro Day on April 9th and then will wait to get their names called in May during the NFL Draft. When we come back, I'll wrap things up on the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Intergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Entergy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Entergy. There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level, and the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300, with lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Our thanks to Monty Williams, Brian Roberts, Jim Eichenhofer, and Anthony Johnson for their participation on today's show. I'll be back in the hosting chair tomorrow as Sean Kelly will be getting ready to call Pelican Suns tomorrow from Phoenix, Arizona. His partner in crime, John DeShazer, will call in from Phoenix to preview tomorrow's game. And we'll also wrap up our combine coverage from last weekend. Don't forget to listen to the Monty Williams Show tonight at 8 p.m. on 105.3 WWL-FM. Sean Kelly has his weekly extensive interview with the coach, plus a recap, feature, and a whole lot more. Don't forget you can follow the show on Twitter at Black Blue Report or myself at D. Salerson. Well, that'll do it for today's show. I'm Daniel Salerson. Enjoy the parades tonight and have a fantastic Thursday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. 
If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.